Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Jojo Rabbit. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we do discuss some elements of the plot and it may contain spoilers. Enjoy. It's a Jojo Rabbit. Always the same tune. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of rabbit. A Jojo Rabbit. You ever eaten a Jojo Rabbit? Have I ever eaten a Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, it sounds like a, a sort of a delicacy, doesn't it? Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit, exactly. It's not Welsh. It's German. It's a German <laughs> no. rabbit. German it's, rabbit. It's a toasted cheese sandwich. With a bratwurst on top. I mean, I would eat the hell out of that. I would definitely, definitely eat that. That sounds amazing. I really love German food, actually. German food's good. Apart from sauerkraut, I do not like. Oh, mate, I love sauerkraut. Sauerkraut's the best. Nah, it's horrible. But then I don't like any of its individual components, so... Cabbage and a lengthy pickling process. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tried to pickle you once. You were not going for it. I'm Put not you a in fan. a big old jar. I'm not a fan of pickled things. Gherkins? You, you take those out of your McDonald's burger? I, I hate gherkins. Um, I don't like pickled onions. I don't like pickle-lily. I don't like pickle. Okay, pickle-lily is where I draw the line. That shit is disgusting. <laughs> that looks like it came out of a wound. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't like sauerkraut. Anything that involves something sitting in some kind of acid... To make it pungent is not not my idea of good food. Well, that sounds like something a villain would do in the kind of films that you like. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be a villain. <laughs> Villainous behaviour. <laughs> nah, sauerkraut's the best. When I um, go to the Frankfurt Book Fair every year, I there's a place I always go where I get um, like a sausage platter that has all the different types of German sausage, and it has sauerkraut, and the sauerkraut has little bits of bacon in it. Would that make it appealing to you? No, just give me some bacon with my sausage. Yeah. A pig in blanket. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm English, yeah? Want to make something of it? (laughs) (laughs) Which reminds me, I I had a song. I was going to go, springtime for podcasts in England. That's as far as I got. Uh, Do you like the producers? Yeah, yeah. I like the producers. Producers is great. And... um, I saw it on stage in London many years ago with Nathan Lane and Lee Evans. Who yes, I up, saw that as well. Did they end up in the film, the second film of it? So Nathan Lane was in the film, but then they replaced um, Lee Evans with... Um, Someone who doesn't sweat an entire ocean every time he's in front of the camera. <laughs> Matt Matthew Broderick. Oh, yes, A that's sweatless right. man. A sweatless man. He, because he's, of what he's happened to sweat. him in the Falklands. <laughs> The Falklands. What? Yes, uh, I'm making a Prince 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 Andrew reference. Oh, what does Matthew Broderick have to do with Prince Andrew? Just as he doesn't sweat like Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew doesn't sweat. Yeah. Did you not see the the interview? The, 
you've watched the car crash interview, haven't you? Um, I've seen clips. I've seen uh, very brief okay. clips. I couldn't bring myself to watch the whole thing. I've right, got better things okay. to watch than that. Um, yeah, like, he doesn't you know, sweat. Endless, endless reruns of baseball players <laughs> pitching in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is much less disturbing. Wait, he didn't sweat while he was talking about the Pizza Express in Woking, which instantly I have also been to. It's not somewhere a royal would go. Well, you don't know. As branches of Pizza Express go, it's not bad. It's spacious. You can always get in. That's the thing about a a restaurant like the Pizza Express in Woking. You can always get a table. Um, There's many places you'd expect a a royal not to go, such as a Pizza Express in Woking or or an island. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, so, So, yeah, he claimed that he couldn't sweat. So, you know, there's those photos of him in Epstein land where he's the very very part. sweaty um and he claims that it wasn't him because he was he's unable to sweat because of an adrenaline overdose he got in the Falklands that's all I have to say about that yeah um oh sorry oh now I feel bad for Matthew Broderick I don't I thought it might have been a link to some <laughs> film where Matthew Broderick played someone in the Falklands no but he plays someone who doesn't sweat though because he's Falklands gadget, isn't day he? off <laughs> um, but he plays Inspector Gadget in the not very good live action Inspector Gadget movie. Oh God, I forgot about that. I'm glad I could remind you of that travesty. It's Matthew Broderick. Oh no! I used to love Inspector Gadget, the cartoon that is. Yeah, I used to love Inspector Gadget. It's such a great, such a great show. Yeah, right. You know, good animation for its time. I thought. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. little... That and um, the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, that was my, my morning made. But uh, which Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon? Because there was two. Yeah, this was Saturday morning one. They were both Saturday morning ones. Right, it's, called, it's called Sonic Sat-A-M as opposed to Sonic, I think. This was the one where Sonic would do like inspirational messages at the end of the show. The one where he's like, don't do drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Because there was, because there was two. There was one that was good and one that was terrible, and I think the Satayem one was the terrible one. Well, I liked it because I was young. Or maybe the Satayem one was the good one. I think that was the good one. What was the storyline? Was this the one where there was no storyline, or is this the one where it was like a bunch of animal resistance fighters? I don't know that there was much of a storyline. I no, I can't remember now. I'm very confused. And so then I later don't... on, you got Sonic Underground, which is a whole other cartoon. So I don't think you watched Sonic Sat AM. I think you watched the other Sonic one, right. which was the bad one. Well, it was good at the time. You watched The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. That sounds more familiar. But at least Dr. Robotnik was called Dr. Robotnik and not Dr. Eggman. Yes, which is also the case in the um, in the other one. But then they had... I don't know if it changed with Sonic and his sister and brother. Were they sister and brother of Sonic in the one where they play rock guitar? Something like that. Sonic rock band guitar hero. <laughs> Man, Sonic really went downhill very, very quickly, didn't it? Well, that's because he's the fastest thing alive. And, and the, the, the next step after that was then Shadow the Hedgehog with his rollerblades and guns. Yeah, because if there's one thing that a wholesome video game like Sonic needed, it was guns. <laughs> yeah. Shadow the Hedgehog. What a brilliant character. 
There's an interesting link, by the way, from Dr. Eggman to Dr. Robotnik being played by Jim Carrey in the new film, which is that Jim Carrey recorded a cover of the Beatles' I Am The Walrus, in which, as you recall, I Am The Walrus, I Am The Eggman, Goo Goo Gajube. There you go. Yeah, so he, he was giving us all a little hint back then with his cover version. He knew it was going to happen. He knew it was the role he was destined to play. By which I mean, this podcast is now just a countdown to the new Sonic movie coming up. <laughs> I'm going to get gradually more and more dismissive of this Sonic movie. I bet there's just a romantic plot. We, we have to do it for the show. Nah. We, can we, the the hunky know. young gentleman who's in it is obviously going to have a girlfriend and Sonic's going to hilariously ruin it. I highly doubt that Sonic the Hedgehog the movie is going to come to our local cinema. Your your local fancy art house cinema? Yeah, I do. Too good for Sonic, are we? Yes, it is too good for Sonic. But you know what it wasn't too good for? What? Jojo Rabbit. Oh, you saw it there, did you? You didn't have to I go did. to Megaplex in Brighton or somewhere. No, I could go to my nice small cinema where you can get a sofa and a sofa? Drink actual drinks. Yeah, the back row. An actual row. sofa? Yeah, the back row is made up of um, like mini sofas. That's ridiculous. So, so you get two seats together and like a sort of sofa thing and then it's like the the normal partition between seats as you get in a normal cinema seat and then another two so the back row is like that so you don't have any awkward issues about armrest hogging with the stranger no not really because it's nice and spacious wow that sounds like a brilliant uh, cinema you know what's great it's also considerably cheaper than your usual cinema nice it's great um but yes they were there that is where i saw jojo rabbit which was nice because we were surrounded by nice people Nice who, people who were laughing at all the right bits, right? Yes. Did he get a big laugh when he said "fuck off, Hitler" and then kicked Hitler out the window? A very big laugh. That was that was a good moment. I like that. Um, also, it's not a very good time to be a Nazi. That also got a good laugh. Yep. <laughs> and also, when um, they they managed to work in the Hitler's only got one ball joke, that did yes, me. yeah. Um, the other, and that, and that I think kind of typifies the the goofy sense of humour in the movie that I think actually, because what's interesting about this film, I really enjoyed it. I don't know how you felt, but going into this, it's important to acknowledge that a lot, the reception has been not as good as I was expecting for it. It's not been bad, but reviews have been very mixed, and a lot of people sort of I think don't really know what to make of it because of its quite odd combination of you know really goofy humour like that, and then some quite. Um, you know, quite grim Third Reich stuff and some bits that are really, really moving as well. Um, but to me, it's about loss of innocence, isn't it? And I think a lot of people find it hard to see that when they're joking about Hitler's single bollock. Yeah, I don't understand why people don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, I can understand why people might have a mixed reaction. But if you don't like this movie, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is a this is one of the best films that I've seen of this oscar year oh good i'm really glad you liked it so going from the last oscar year through to this oscar year because really this is a film from last year yeah that's kind of made it more into cinemas over here as we as we enter 2020 um and we got it in 2020 new zealand got it months ago didn't they because he's from new zealand yes hitler's from new zealand hitler's from new zealand um it's uh it's an incredible movie the way that very few films are able to transition so well between comedy and um and drama and tragedy and horror as expertly as this film does yeah 
um it 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 almost feels like um like a wes anderson movie at times as well in terms of the way that it's filmed but underneath there is that horror behind it all um which which i think is is very very artfully done we've talked about this before haven't we and that people think that films have to be one thing or that writers have to be one thing the directors have to be one thing and when people deviate from that people are always surprised but yeah it i think a lot of people find it hard to grasp and then but then you end up with total rubbish that just throws all stuff together that people say oh it's genre bending and i can't think of anything off the top of my head but yeah you're you're right that's exactly what is good about this film but what i think has put people off because they're stupid yeah, people going, oh, what? How can you make jokes about um, about the Nazis and about um, genocide? It's like, well, the producers <laughs> exactly. The perfect example. This, this shit goes back a long way, my friends. Yeah, um, and, and some and of it, are... interestingly, does just come across as sort of pearl clutching, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it? Oh, you can't joke about the Third Reich. You can't joke Third Reich. You can't joke about Hitler's balls. Yes, you can. It's fine. Yes, yeah, so, so the, the zero rating from Slant says, Waititi is incapable of dealing with the twin horrors of oppression and indoctrination beyond cheap set sentimentality and joke making. What's Slant? It's a magazine. Well, it could already fuck off then. <laughs> I've never heard um, of it. No, I, I know Slant. I know Slant. But I, I, I think the issue is that people's... And maybe it's to do with the current political climate where the far right is on the rise. But Yeah, there are some real Nazis about. But the one of them's in the White House. Um, but but the, the issue is that the 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 right wing has always been a subject of satire and ridicule in the most immature ways. It's it's a long standing tra- tradition of mocking the right wing because and this goes back to chaplin and even like decades before him to like punch magazine yeah it, it, the thing is that the 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 far right and fascism is entirely an ideology of um absurdism of unreality and yes you can make films about it that are very very powerful in a dramatic way and that 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 take things incredibly seriously and show the real horrors of what they can do but at the same time it's also worth taking a lens to it from a satirical angle of course and and, and looking at it with humor and with mocking and i think this film does a very good job of portraying um the the minds of an indoctrinated child and and what's interesting is the way that it shows people who are sort of true believers in it and then people who don't really understand who have kind of been indoctrinated it, into it over time. Um, like Rebel Wilson. Yes. Who only yeah. had about five lines because she was just fresh from Cats and she was obviously a bit shell-shocked. She, she was still feeling a bit sick from all the cockroaches they made her yeah. eat. Well, Sam Rockwell is leaning over. He's like, it's fine. You'll be fine. You don't even have to unzip your skin in this film. It's going to be okay. And she's like, okay. But she was very funny in this. Yeah, she was great. I, I thought she was great in this. I've not always been a fan of hers, but she's perfect in this movie. And I think a lot of that comes from this film it, understanding exactly what its characters need to do, um, which obviously Cats didn't do. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> um, but 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 this film, you know, every, every single character has their purpose. Absolutely. Uh, there was nobody on screen who well, didn't actually do a lot for the film, 
even the the smallest roles. And I thought yeah. that was a really, really te- that's a testament to Taika Waititi's writing and his direction and the way he approaches filmmaking is that everything matters and everything contributes. And he's got that incredible attention to detail um, while still being able to make something that is hilarious, but also moving. And he's he's honestly one of the best directors out there, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, well, I <laughs> the funny thing is the thing that I love the most of his is still what we do in the shadows. Not um, Eagle versus Shark. No, not Eagle versus Shark. Um, but, Which I think yeah. is actually the only one of his other films I've seen. I've got oh, really? um, Hunt for the World People queued up um, to watch, but I haven't watched it yet. That's I supposed s- to be really good. I still haven't watched Thor Ragnarok which I really, really want to see because apparently that's fantastic. That looks great. And if I was going to watch any um, any comic book film, um, yeah, it would probably be that because it's him, you know? Yeah, and, and, and that's the difference that a director with vision makes. Um, particularly... Tell you what else I like about Taika Waititi. He's got a cheeky face, you know? <laughs> He's got a really cheeky face and you just can't say no to it. Even as Hitler, you're like, it's cheeky Hitler. Cheeky All Hitler. Right. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um and and i i do i i find it interesting the way that they built up that imaginary friend situation yeah um it's it's really well done and i don't know that there is something that's still hilarious about adolf hitler being a bellend yeah like in a in a in a non-threatening manner but then this movie again it has those elements where it can really bring to life sort of like the hatred behind it all yeah, of course. There are loads of lines and like they're talking about stuff like thinking that Jews have horns and all that stuff. And again, it's really it's it's extreme to the point of being absurd and that's the whole point, isn't it? Because to to satirize something you have to make it absurd, but all of that stuff is kind of already so absurd that there's only so much that you have to do, but when people see that as being an extreme thing, they're like, "Oh no, I don't I don't want to go there." And it's like, "Well, the absurdity is what makes you is what makes small is what makes a mockery of it is what makes it a joke and a thing that is not something to be taken seriously and that's the whole point of satire isn't it yes precisely satire is used as a weapon to destroy the armor of powerful individuals yes exactly it's supposed to be a takedown yeah and and this is a great takedown of it and i don't know i (sighs) i mean in what other film about the third reich does he say fuck off hitler and then literally kicks him through the window <laughs> it's, it's just such a good moment and as you say the, the friendship between them and how it sort of soured a bit it led perfectly up to that moment as a catharsis and i tell you what the only other movie that gives you that kind of powerful immediate physical reaction against nazis is um inglorious bastards Oh, which I, I know you've not seen, but there's some amazing <laughs> scenes in that of basically people just fucking up Nazis. And it's wonderful to watch. Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, um, if, if I was going to watch any one of Tarantino's films, it would probably be that one, I guess. I mean, I would recommend it. It's, it's a genuinely brilliant film. As um, it's about fucking up Nazis. That's something I can get behind. Yeah. It's very much about fucking up Nazis. Um, and, um, and yeah, but, but again, that, there's that there there is that almost visceral and visceral has become a very overused word these days yeah um but it is that almost visceral feel of like yes fuck up those bastards yeah reject that ideology dance to david bowie there's david bowie dancing in it 
the the, the end. Oh, the... of um, Jojo Rabbit. Yes, I thought you meant Inglorious Bastards. Like, that doesn't <laughs> seem like a very Tarantino choice. But you know what? Strangely enough, David Bowie's music does appear in that film. Oh right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ground use... control to Major Hitler. They use cat people. Oh, right. Um, okay. Which is which is an all time great Bowie jam that's really underrated. Not the put, laughing gnome. Put <laughs> not the laughing gnome, which is the greatest song ever made. Um, yeah. Put put cat people by David Bowie in the show notes. All right. People, people need to hear that song. It's probably, I think it's his best song. I really love really? Cat People. Yeah. That's, that's a bold choice. I don't think there is a song of his that I would rather listen to than Cat People. See, I love Rebel Rebel. I think that is just an absolute pop banger. Makes but, you want to get up on the table. And I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a huge fan of his. Like, I've never like dug deep and there's a lot of his stuff that i find uh, i don't genuinely like but i think there's a handful of his songs that are just absolutely incredible and i have so much respect for how he reinvented himself and how he was always doing things differently and every album it was like he was a completely new person and it was he was always bold you know there's always a boldness to him and the boldest choice of all singing a song about cat people yeah well who else could get away with singing a song about cat people except prince (laughs) Prince, I could see doing a song about cat people. Yeah, yeah. Prince was pretty cat-like, wasn't he? <laughs> he, could, he could do a song about cat people. Well, as I said, Jason Derulo as Rum Tum Tugger. He was channeling Prince, wasn't he? <laughs> exactly. Some real cat energy there. Do you reckon they'd have gotten David Bowie to be in Cats if he was still alive? David Bowie would have told him to fuck off. <laughs> he probably would have done, although, although, <laughs> I think if he'd seen the CGI horror that it was becoming, I think he might have thought, you know what, I will be in this movie. Yeah, this is interesting. This is interesting. I can scare children. Because <laughs> he's done that before in Labyrinth. Uh, exactly. Whisper it. I've never seen Labyrinth. We're going to make you watch Labyrinth for this podcast at some point. Yeah, I'm but, trepidatious. It, it looks sort of a bit naff like the never-ending story which i revealed last week that i haven't seen all these classic children's movies i haven't actually seen see i really love labyrinth and i can't tell if that's because i grew up with it or because it's a genuinely good movie but it was written by terry jones yeah um who died the other day yes yeah which is very sad swirling Um, in the heavens tonight um but it is i i i think there's parts of it that still there's an 80s quality to it which i think you'll love and it's got david bowie with the greatest hair in the world yeah and at least those two things you'll be able to appreciate that's enough to make me want to watch it and it's got a very good dog oh okay i'm down so (laughs) that's the triumvirate of paddy johnson good hair 80s vibes good dog good dog yeah if you can get all of those things into one being then that's the ideal thing (laughs) Just a beautifully haired uh, German shepherd wearing a Guns N' Roses neckerchief. <laughs> yeah, singing Paradise City. <laughs> um, but you know what isn't in Jojo Rabbit is cat people. Or... Oh, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately. But no, I did like the, the dancing to Bowie at the end. That was really nice. Yes, yeah. And I feel like they did a really good job of framing sort of the the propaganda fueled safety of 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 nazi germany um where where everything looks very clean um they clearly have no real 
outward understanding of of what's going on out there um and i think that that was very well considered particularly how well those negative aspects were shielded from the children yeah that's true and often in films about nazi germany even if they are trying to be satirical or to do something different they do always kind of end up defaulting to something showing what was happening in the war at the time that the at the events are going on and it's not really necessary and doesn't necessarily really serve the plot and this film didn't do that at all because that's not the story the story is his loss of innocence yes um and and the sort of the perfect other example of that is a film called alone in berlin which i don't know if you've seen no i've not heard of um that. it's a it's a, a film set in nazi germany starring brendan gleason and emma thompson all oh, right and it, it, it's about um these these it's a, it's a real historical film about these people who they basically start leafleting cards around berlin um denouncing the nazi regime after their son dies in the war um and they they start trying in small ways to undermine the um the government oh, that sounds really um, good when was it made at, uh so it was a, a few years ago uh i think it was 2016 2017 um it's a, it a really great film and it, again it has that whole thing of from the inside looking out they don't understand what's going on and and although there's whispers and things like that people are quite happy to overlook what they hear in favor of the safety net of what the state's telling them yeah um and and what they focus on then is oh the streets are clean and people look happy and it's vibrant around ignoring the people hanging from the streets yeah (laughs) um and the hanging people was used to great effect in jojo rabbit i thought and especially well when he sees his mother suddenly hanging up that's like a huge and really shocking moment that did feel very did feel disjointed from the rest of it and is so far away from the comedy of it but it still works because it that's the moment when he loses his innocence but what that eventually means and him kind of becoming a man and kicking hitler in the balls is funny so that eventually ties back into the comedy and that's how you make those two things work together yes yeah um and 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 that was the perfect example again of this movie managing to change the audience's emotional landscape on a swivel was that scene was was the perfect example of it where it's you know it's it's that quirky coming of age story and then suddenly he sees his mother's feet and realizes that she's been caught yeah which um, is really harrowing which is yeah incredibly powerful scene and that focus on the feet as well it's just uh, uh, yeah that really got me because it reminded me of what's that film about joy division um I can't remember. It was it was made 10, 15 years ago. It's a film, uh, like a fictionalised account of um, yeah, Joy Division. Uh, control. control. Control, yeah. And it shows the scene of Ian Curtis hanging himself. Mm. And you just see the... It just cuts to the feet swinging with the TV still on. That, was just, that just affected me so much. And this that scene reminded me of that. Yeah, that that's a really good film, actually. Yeah. Um, Sam Riley uh, does a really good job as... as um, ian curtis doesn't he yeah yeah really um, good who one of these days we're going to watch it for the podcast he 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 turns up as mr darcy in pride and prejudice and zombies that's already oh, <laughs> yeah. um which the is, idea which, of which my wife finds extremely offensive so we should definitely watch it low-key it's a proper jam yeah it's a, it's a really fun movie um lily isn't, james lily, yeah, I was gonna say, lily james isn't it she's yeah. she's good suki waterhouse 
Sally Phillips, Charles Dance. Charles Dance is in it? Lena Headey, Matt oh, Smith. Oh, man. This, yeah, this sounds great. It's it's really good fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, I love Charles Dance. His, <laughs> I love Charles Dance His as well. seagull-like face. <laughs> Looking like he's um, always about to steal your lunch. He does look like he's about to steal my lunch. Um, your lunch specifically. My lunch specifically. <laughs> Um, but but I thought that the the cast of Jojo Rabbit all did a great job as well. So, so yeah, nobody Jojo, let the side down, did they? So young Jojo, um, he British was really good. Actually, is great. Um, I don't apparently, know how old he is in real life, but he seemed very talented for his age. So apparently, he's from East Sussex. All right. So I'm going to keep an eye out for him and be like, "Hey, kid." Okay, he's lead. twelve. Cool. Um. Which I think he did a really good job. Um, equally, Thomas and Mackenzie as well um, for their young cast. They they did an incredible job here. Yeah, uh, she's in um, Leave No Trace, which is supposed to be amazing. Yes, I've heard that? really good things about that. Um, I've not seen it, but yeah, I've heard that that is very very good. Um, she's also in The King, which I started watching and got very bored, so stopped. <laughs> is it some historical bullshit? Yeah, it's about Henry V. Yawn. And and I was like, oh, I'm, I'll watch this. It's got some good people in it. It's, you know, um, written by Joel Edgerton as well. He's good. I'll watch this um, Netflix adaptation of something that every single British child studied in year 10 and found boring, <laughs> without exception. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I started watching it and found it incredibly dull. Um, so but but some of those movies are very good so the one about robert the bruce that netflix did with um matey boy mel um, gibson <laughs> not mel gibson <laughs> um what's bruce his name what's his name he played catch uh james kirk in the new star trek movies um simon pegg <laughs> yes simon Benedict Cumberbatch. Pegg. uh oh what's his name um Oh, this is going to bug me. I'm I haven't seen any of the new Star Chris, Trek films. Chris Pine. Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Him yeah. off of Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah. Um, so so he plays old old Bobby. Old oh, King right. Bobby. Um, it's Does called he Al- do a, a Scott Jackson? Yes. Um, and it's not terrible. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, uh, so Outlaw King, it's called. And it's great. And it's about Scots people, which everyone knows the Scots are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and just fucking shit. The universal truth. And so it's really interesting because it's it, it's a historical movie, but it's also got things like action and drama and character in it. Cool. Unlike most historical movies, which are just there's a person and they did this. People walking into rooms and saying things in <laughs> costumes. Yeah. Or um, I, I think the most disappointing one of those was um, the one about Mary, Queen of Scots. I've heard uh, that that like, that is dull as bums. I mean, the thing that annoyed me about it is you've got all of these incredibly talented people in it, um, but then they completely undermine the characters of both Mary, Queen of Scots and Queen Elizabeth I by effectively making them go, we'd love each other if it wasn't for all the men. It's like, (laughs) no, that's not their characters at all. Queen Elizabeth I was a narcissistic sociopath who was quite happy to like... Are you saying you're unhappy with it because it's sexist towards men? Exactly. Hashtag, the, like, hashtag not all Tudor men. <laughs> not all Tudors. <laughs> Just Jonathan Rhys um, Mayers. But but I think like 
I think you're doing a disservice to evil female leaders of history if you make it so that they if you make it so that it's a girl power movie. Yeah. Because you can I, I feel like you can have a historically accurate film where you say, yes, these are evil human beings and it wouldn't take anything away from the message that women can also be powerful leaders. Yeah. But you just need to recognize that actually a lot of the leaders at the time, if not all the leaders at the time, were basically little mini fascists. Because it was a fucked up time. It was a fucked up time. You know, um, that's why The Favourite was so good, because it just took all of that stuff and turned it on his head and stuck two fingers up to it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas, yeah... Mary Queen of Scots did not do that, which was disappointing. Shame. Um, it's good cast. Very good cast. But yeah, Outlaw King. Outlaw King is good. And Jojo Rabbit is good. Jojo Rabbit is very good. And now that we're talking about it, I want to see it again. And I think yes. that's that's when you know a film has really kind of stayed with you. It made me want to go and watch it again. You mean you don't want to go watch Marriage Story again, Paddy? Mm, no, I, th- I think I'm all right. <laughs> I think I'm okay. <laughs> Um, but but the rest of the cast is really good Scarlett Johansson is wonderful in this yeah I think it's one of her best performances actually Um, uh, Taika Waititi is great as Adolf Hitler yeah and Um, it's great that you know that like when he was writing it for himself he must he was having so much fun yes yeah Um, and then you've got you know Sam Rockwell Rebel Wilson Alfie Allen um, all really good Stephen Merchant as well yeah he only has one scene with those Gestapo guys but he's extremely good Yes, and uh, just the bit where they're just saying Heil Hitler over and over again. Yeah. It's, it's just the absurdity of it is wonderful. Um, and then um, little Yorkie, his friend Yorkie, yeah, is, yeah. Is, a, is adorable. Um, truth, little, little bit of truth for you, he's going to be the kid in the Home Alone reboot. Oh, they're, they're rebooting Home Alone? Yeah, so it's got Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper. Okay, I'm listening. But at the same time, it's another Home Alone movie. I like Rob Delaney a so, lot. <laughs> I like Rob Delaney a lot. I'm very, we watched very... his stand-up special the other day, and he spent most of it just saying over and over, if the NHS had a dick, I would suck it. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a few things about the Home Alone reboot that give me faith. It's also being directed by Dan Mazer, who did um, lots of uh, Ali G stuff. All right. And Sasha Baron Cohen stuff. So he directed... Um, bits of the the Ali G show, um, also wrote uh, Borat, oh, right. um, directed Who Is America as well. The some of the episodes of that, the new Sasha Baron Cohen um, thing. Oh so, my god, the one with the homophobic guy where he gets him to like say loads of gay stuff because he's afraid that someone's going to shoot him. That is that is gold. That is so good. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, he did direct Dirty Grandpa. Oh, no. So... <laughs> that's that's like a punchline in all of our jokes, even though we've never seen it. I can't allow this. So, yeah, so it's a bit... There, there's some great stuff there and some not so great stuff. But I think that the cast is I'm good. open to it. Yeah, I'm curious about it. And this kid was a good kid. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. He um, was funny. He was very, very funny. A lot of the best lines of dialogue and a lot of the sweetest moments where, like, Jojo's wearing the the robot outfit and then the <laughs> hug, and you're like, ah, oh, sweet little Nazi children. Um, it's, yeah, that there's some really sweet, funny moments with him. And, and, and it just shows that, you know, you can... People are very disparaging over child actors, but actually it's about how you utilise them. 
Yeah, and I think that's um, another reason why people don't know what to make of this film as well, is because people don't know what to make of child actors in general. They're kind of similar to the the actors in Moonrise Kingdom, I guess. Yeah, I was less well, I impressed you were, with Moonrise you were Kingdom. less impressed with that. And yeah, this film is much better than that, but there is a kind of shared sensibility there, isn't there? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there are some similarities there, particularly, again, that sort of coming-of-age piece. Um, but I think Jojo Rabbit is much more successful and I think it has more to say as well, which, oh, yeah, which I appreciate. Sure. This is an ambitious movie. It is, um, yeah. And I'm, and I'm really glad that this exists. I, you know, I often put films into that category. It's one of my categories. I'm very glad that this exists. I'm glad that it got made. And apparently the book, I've got a copy of the book and I plan to read it. But it, it's apparently the book is quite serious and it doesn't have that kind of satirical, goofy edge. So to take that and make that into something hilarious that works and still also has that emotional resonance is no mean feat. Yes, yeah. Um, I think it's this is a very hard balance to reach, but this movie does it very, very well. Yeah. Um, and and there's there's not much more praise you can give a film than that is it manages if you manage to balance two things which shouldn't really be together and make it work then that's you know that's a that's a yeah. great testament to the quality of your film like human faces and feline bodies <laughs> exactly exactly um, yeah, but and- taika, taika by tt's cats i would watch oh my god that that would be amazing actually he'd want to play them all himself though wouldn't he Oh yeah, but then I'd I'd be down with that. Yeah. <laughs> have you watched um have you watched what we do in the shadows? No, no. I, oh. again I keep meaning to. I was about to make a a cat reference for something that happens in what we do in the shadows, but I will refrain until cool. you've Is seen that, it. Should we save it for Halloween? Yeah, I think we can watch that at Halloween and we can watch Cat People at Halloween this year. Is that a film a based on the David Bowie song? So David David Bowie did the song for the film. Right, it's a it's okay. a remake of the um, black and white original, which is one of those really iconic um, black and white horror movies. And they basically turned turned it into an eighties erotic horror trash piece. Sounds and it great! Is wonder, it is wonderful. <laughs> I really love uh, Cat People. So yeah, we'll watch that. We'll watch what we do in the shadows, and we'll f- come up with a couple more before before Halloween reaches us. Hello. Hello. Sorry, am I back? You are back. You disappeared on me. Sorry, I, I plugged in the charger for my laptop and then that suddenly made it stop recording. Ah, <laughs> are you are you so, back now? But uh, it's, it's recording again now. I'm back. So you were saying we're go- on Halloween we're going to watch Cat People. Yes, we'll watch Cat else. People, we'll watch What We Do in the Shadows and then we'll, we'll, cool. we'll decide on the other two near at the time. Yeah, because that's a long way off. Yes, yeah, we've got it. Who knows what the world would be like in October this year? Oh, exactly. Cat people might be our reality. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay being a cat person. Yeah, as long as Mistopheles doesn't come along. (laughs) Fucking Mr. Mistopheles. I'd tell him where to shove his hat. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit is great. I like it a lot. I like it a lot as well. It's fun. Sam Rockwell really surprised me as well. It's, I, don't just, I don't think I've seen him in much. And he was sort of this, not quite a father figure, but the again, his his catharsis at the end as well, where he's the one who facilitates him getting away from the um, 
from the American soldiers who are rounding them up. Um, that's yeah, that is really really good. See, for me, Sam Rockwell is one of the unsung greats of cinema. Um, films like Moon, where he plays pretty much all of the roles in it for the majority of the film um movies like seven psychopaths as well he also plays george w bush in vice um he's for a very long time been incredibly talented and incredibly charming with a lot of range and it's great to see so many people praising him for this film um because it's like yeah people are finally getting around to sam rockwell being an absolute genius yeah especially since he killed it in galaxy quest (laughs) exactly the greatest film of all time I, I genuinely love Galaxy Quest, by the way. It's such a goofy and stupid film, but I remember it coming out and thinking it was great. I think b- a double bill of that and The Three Amigos is the perfect movie night, isn't it? Two films that basically <laughs> that sound, have exactly the same good. plot. <laughs> but one's in space. One's in space and one is cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, no what, space cowboys. No. What more could you want? Speaking of movies I don't do, 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 like... Do, 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 do. Sorry, Speaking on. of movies I don't like, I don't like the film Space Cowboys. I haven't seen that. Is that a real film? Yeah, it's about old people you in didn't space. didn't just make that up. Basically, there's there's like a satellite that's falling down. And then Clint Eastwood is like, we can do it, but we've got to get the rest of my old friends to go up into space with me to do it. And so then it's all about old old people getting up into space. And it's yeah, like, I care, I care not for this. <laughs> How old is Clint Eastwood in it? He's like because t- he's roughly a hundred and ten now. He's he's, so. he's like five hundred years old. Yeah, yeah. He's an old man. <laughs> I have no time for old people, <laughs> particularly yeah. in space. The only no podcast for old men. <laughs> the only old person in space who I have time for is Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and he's fine because <laughs> he's a force ghost. Exactly, that's different. Exactly, it's totally fine. Um. Anyway, right. What the hell so were yeah, we talking about? Sam Rockwell, about? very, very good. Yeah. very enjoyable in this. Yeah, he's he's really. And he's fifty-one. Yeah, he looks like our age in this film. <laughs> he doesn't age. He doesn't age. No. Um. He hasn't aged since he played Head Thug in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I mean, that's the greatest performance of his. Um. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so so uh, have you got anything else to share about old Jojo Rabbit? Um, no, I, I think that's more or less it. It's good. We like it. Taika Waititi keeps getting better. It's like, what's he going to do next? What's how can he how can he better himself? You know. So, do you want to know what Taika Waititi is going to do next? Yeah. So he's got another Thor movie coming. Cool. Um, cool. I have to watch the first one first. There have been rumors about. Um, him doing a um, Star Wars movie. Um, I would love that. He, so much. he did direct one of the episodes of The Mandalorian, but then he also voices the robot in The Mandalorian. Ah, uh, that's cool. Um, Suka, 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 Suka. Um, hopefully, take a, take a. <laughs> hopefully we'll get. Um, uh, hopefully we'll get uh, another series of what we do in the shadows sometime soon as well. Um, I'm not sure how cool. much involvement we'll have with that, but he seems to still be dipping his toe into the TV series, um, which is nice. Um, he's doing a sports comedy about um, the uh, American Samoa soccer team 
and trying to get them into an actual competitive sports team. Which, cool. Uh, which that could sounds be good. good. As football films go, that sounds like something I'd watch. Yes. And then he's also working on a TV series based on Time Bandits. Blimey. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, there's some interesting stuff that he's got coming out. Um, Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I wonder how much of it will be um, divisive like this. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know that there's been much, like, outright hate for it, like, other than that magazine that, I, that I've never heard of. But, yeah, I'm just surprised that there, that there hasn't been more people who've just been saying about how good it is and how great how great it is at mixing all the things that it mixes really well and just how kind of funny and enjoyable and uplifting it is it's really really uplifting when it gets to the end and you believe the romance between them as well which is as you say a difficult thing to do with child actors yeah but it's it's not really a romance is it it's more of a crush yeah sure but you believe that there's that genuine connection between them and the way it develops over time yes, yeah. with him writing the letters in the voice of her boyfriend and then having his little book where he's like drawn pictures of the boyfriend being gutted and stuff. Yes, that's that's exactly Which is right. quite funny. That's what I did about you. I was drawing pictures of Rob yeah. Sherman being gutted and being like, I'll be Paddy's <laughs> best friend now. <laughs> yeah, I found that book. <laughs> I'm going to publish it. Excellent. Excellent. It's going to be a bestseller because everyone hates me and they want to see it. <laughs> um, but what what I meant by being divisive is that this is another one of those movies where the critic reaction and the audience reaction has been very, very different. Um, mm. Where the audience reaction to this movie has been incredibly hard <clears throat> and very well received. People are huge fans of this. You go and see it at the cinema. Um, but then you have had that, that mixed reaction from critics where some of them have outright hated it. Um, and I think that's interesting. Because this is the kind of movie where you'd expect there to be a, a strong mixed reaction from audiences as well. But there's much more parity between audience reception here. Yeah, for sure. And that's usually a sign of a good film. Yes, yeah, generally. Um, generally speaking, there'll be somewhere it's not, obviously. Yeah, like um, like The Favourite, for instance, has had a very yeah. mixed reaction from audiences. But I think, again, that comes down to people not knowing what to expect from it. Whereas I think this film did a pretty good job of setting out exactly what, you, what it was intending to do from the off. Yeah, um, certainly. And, and I don't think the... the I don't think audience was, will have gone into this expecting a realistic um, historical story about Nazi Germany. No, and if you did, you were barking up the wrong tree. Yes. Um, but, so yeah, I don't know that it's for everyone, but it is still a, a very good film that I highly recommend you see whatever your disposition Yes, yeah, I, towards I, depictions of the Third Reich. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd recommend going to see it as well um because it's it is a very very good film um so have you got anything else any more for anyone? uh no i i don't think so no i'm just i'm very very interested to read the book and see how different it is but also yeah it's really really good and it seems like a lot of um Taika's work is adapted from books like home for the world people was as well so he's obviously really good at adapting things as well which i think is a really is a real skill in a writer and director yes for sure so yeah He's great. Definitely. Um, we stand a take up. <laughs> so how are we, we going to rate this then? 
Hmm. Let's see. How many... How many kids are standing around you laughing at you when you won't kill the rabbit? Ah, so there's going to be a pretty big crowd. There's going to be a strong 17 kids. Oh, man, that must, have, that must have been hard it for was, you. It was very hard, but I still didn't kill the rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm going give it, to give it the same. That seems about right, doesn't it? You know, it would, I don't know what it would have to do to get those, those three extra points to make it a perfect film. But it's... Um, well, I mean, it would have to be the Bridges of Madison County, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But, um, yeah. But yeah, that, that feels about right. It's very, very close to outright greatness. Yeah. And, and I think at least one of those points is taken off because this is a romance podcast and there's not sufficient romance in it. But equally, yeah, there, I, I, there's... But there is a, a connection between them. Yes. Um, and there's something, there's something that's holding me back from giving it a higher score and I can't pipe put my finger on what it is but this is a very very good film yeah you know nothing has yet hit the 20 has it i I, don't know what could i think did i give a 20 to ex machina or did you give did you give a 20 to ex machina it was either a 19 or a 20 i'm not sure yeah i've um i've never given anything a 20 no ex machina was very good though yeah oh i might need to are they making a sequel did I read something like that? I don't know. I I don't think Alex Garland's doing it, if it is. Um, he's doing a new... I saw something about Oscar he's doing Isaac. A... Oh, no, that is... He's going to be... This is very confusing, actually. Oscar Isaac is going to be in a comic book adaptation, and the comic book is called Ex Machina. But right. it's a very different Ex Machina. Yes, it's, a, it's an unrelated right, okay. Ex Machina. And I imagine that they won't call the movie Ex Machina. It'll be called right, something okay. else based on the character. Um, you did give it a twenty. I've got the, I've got oh, the there records we go. here, which I stopped updating a while ago. So I need to do that and compile, get some new data. I I last I last recorded it around the time of episode one hundred, which was under the cherry moon. Can you remember what you gave it? Oh, what did I? I must have scored that pretty low. That was a bad movie. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Gonna say six. <laughs> Correct. Hey, there we go. Very good. Um, I gave it a nine. <laughs> additional three points for Prince Love. Yeah. Um, Mainly just for that one scene where he puts the boombox on the table and does the splits. <laughs> oh, man, that movie is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so do you want to know what we're going to do next? Yes. Is it was was Jojo Rabbit my choice? Yes. It sounds like it was. I think so. Yeah. I'm kind of losing track where of where to. we are now. I'm losing track. So yeah, I'm happy for you to, to hit the next one. So we're gonna keep this Oscar train rolling and we're gonna watch yeah. I Lost My Body. Oh, I've heard good things about this. Yeah, we're getting we're keeping this going. We're keeping on top of relevant modern films for three weeks yeah. in a row. How are we managing this? Oh, it's an, <laughs> and it's an animated film as well. It is an animated film. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's on the Netflix. It is. Um, now, oh, do you good, want to watch good. it in the original French with subtitles, or do you want to watch it in the English dub? Oh, good. That's a good question. Can you have you got both options on Netflix? You should do. You should have both options on Netflix. Cool. In that case, we should probably watch it in French then, I guess. I very much agree. In, 
both of us um, speak speaks some French and can understand it. I think, right? Yes. Um, I, I I'm I'm not saying that we have to turn off subtitles. No, no, I still need <laughs> but, the subtitles, but, but uh, I, I will be able to understand some of the nuance of the language, and I think that will make a difference. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's do it. J'ai, Brilliant. J'ai perdu mon other cours. good things that. Yeah. Other good things on Netflix. Um, Studio Ghibli's coming to Netflix. Yes, so excited I about saw that. that. And we can we should talk about some of those as well. We can talk about point. the beautiful but disappointing Earthsea movie. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I I I want to talk at length about that at some point. But yeah, we can definitely talk about some Ghibli. Incidentally, I lent my DVD of that to Rob Sherman, and he never gave it back. And then when I asked him about it, he denied all knowledge. <laughs> Utter bastard. <laughs> it was expensive as well. I paid like fifteen pounds for it back in the <laughs> How day. Bloody day. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we had to do pre Netflix. Yeah, you had to... we had to buy shiny DVDs if you wanted to watch the new Studio Ghibli film. Buy... Yeah, and they were always so expensive, you're right. All of Studio Ghibli ones in particular were always extremely expensive and I spent lots of money on collecting them all. Yeah, because I remember I had a couple and they would be at least three times the price of another DVD to have a studio given. Yeah. Um, and it was worth it as well. That's the thing. They were so good. It was worth it. Yes. You want to see people. Yeah. I've only watched pigs. Grave of the Fireflies once because it was so devastating that I couldn't bear to watch it again. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I could handle it more than once. Yeah. Um, that is a God. That film is beautiful and horrible. Um, yeah. Be interesting to do a double bill of that with Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> you can do do a double bill of that. Which one would you do first? Do a double bill of that and Porco Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love a, a flying pig man. <laughs> Reminds me of me. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> right, Brilliant. Then. Right. Well, I lost my body. Looks really good. I'm very excited about that. And the, I think the animations, um, the animated category of the Oscars, it doesn't get talked about as much, but there's always some great stuff in there. Yes, for sure. There's always something interesting, and this looks very, very good. Yeah. So, very good. And is there anything else you need to say, or shall we just say, fuck off Hitler and get out of here? Fuck off Hitler. Yeah, fuck off Hitler. Oh, no, I had something I wanted to say, which is I just wanted to plug that I'm going to the Arctic Circle a week on Friday, or the week after this drops, this episode drops, actually, um, for charity. I'm doing this intense Arctic challenge, which is all like skiing and fishing and um, climbing and dog sledding and stuff in minus 30 degrees to raise money for the National Literacy Trust, charity who do amazing work for helping kids and adults to learn to read, which is a very, very important and life-changing skill, which sadly a lot of people lack. They've got some really, really shocking stats on that. So I'll put the link to my Just Giving page in the show notes. Um, If you want to just buy a couple of quid, it would be really, really helpful to help people read good. Yes, please do give money. It's an amazing cause. And what, what Paddy hasn't mentioned is that it's actually on a tiered system as well. So the more that you give, the more that he has to act like Bear Grylls when he's out there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we haven't hit the um the drink my own piss tier yet <laughs> no, not quite so but we're almost there so, so you can help get it over <laughs> the line give, give generously <laughs> paddy will be updating his instagram with piss drinking yeah for sure i'll do it live <laughs> donate five thousand pounds and get your own personal piss drinking video from paddy 
Yeah, personal piss drinking video, and I'll I'll seal the piss in a jar and send it to you. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, please please help with that. That'd be great. Yeah, I've donated. I'm really excited. To, I'll talk about it. You do, you donated a significant amount of money, and I very much appreciate it. I, Thank you. I've donated. Why haven't you, you bastards, yeah. listening in? Yeah. Give give you give us your fucking money for charity. <laughs> give us your fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'll talk about it not next week's episode but the one after that I'll, I'll unless i come back like encased in carbonate like han solo yes <laughs> which you know could, which happen. could happen you never know yeah <laughs> oh dear all right uh, otherwise um you can get in touch with us on twitter at big boys don't pod on the emails big boys don't cry podcast at gmail.com what did you make of jojo rabbit yeah, did you like it? How would you tell yeah. Hitler to fuck off? <laughs> yeah. How many rude gestures would you do? How many balls do you think he's got? You know, we've got to answer all the important questions. Th- this is everything that you need to know. Yep. All right. Until then, until we come back next week to talk about I Lost My Body, thank you very much and good night. Au revoir. <laughs> nice. I think I'm going to start saying, like, thank you and good night as if it's a radio show and we're signing off and the shipping forecast is coming up next. <laughs> just start putting the shipping forecast over the end of it. Yeah, what, just saying completely made-up words slowly <laughs> in, a, in a, like, really weirdly soothing voice. Blog. I reckon I could do Blog that. Fenstein, 97. Elephant and Farcel, 103. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Pig bear and chicken fish. <laughs> 69. <laughs> oh dear. Other than comes to.